Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. The Killer Women Vodcast is pleased to be a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. To learn more about Danielle and her books, visit her at www.daniellegirard.com and to access all of our vodcasts, go to youtube.com forward slash authors on the air. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Hello and welcome to Killer Women Podcast. I'm your host, suspense author Danielle Girard, and my guest today is Audrey J. Cole. Audrey is a USA Today best-selling thriller author. She resides in the Pacific Northwest with her husband and two children. Before writing full-time, she worked as a neonatal intensive care nurse for 11 years. Her eighth book, The Final Hunt, was released on June 7th, and it is a fabulous read. Welcome, Audrey. Thank you so much. It's so fun to be here. It's very so, exciting. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you. So um, before we dig in, can you give readers um, a little bit of the story behind um, The Final Hunt? Yes. So in The Final Hunt, Cameron is a dentist in Seattle, and the story starts out with her grieving the loss of her husband after he's been attacked by a bear on a hunting trip. And as she's sort of pouring over old photos of them together, missing him, she stumbles upon these horrific crime scene photos and discovers that John, her late husband, was a serial killer. And that's chapter one. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a start. It's a very, yes. very, yes. yes. So then she... <clears throat> And then her life, you know, it kind of unravels um, from there. So she really starts out, we meet her in this crisis moment. Um, and the more she starts to learn, she realizes that the police um, knew about this. She thought she was gonna go hand this information to them and that they would have been as shocked as she was, but it turns out that they had been investigating her husband for a very long time um, before the attack. And um, she just kind of continues to stumble upon more and more secrets as the book goes on. Um, and we also learned toward the beginning that um, Cameron also had some secrets of her own that we get to uncover as the story goes along. And of course, once um, you're the town discovers that your husband was a serial killer, your dental business um, takes a hit. Yes. So she's sort yes. of between a rock and a hard place. She has to figure out, um, you know, how to, how to get her life back. Right. Yes. Which is, it's always it, those, the stakes of that are so high and it makes, you know, it always yes. makes the book so propulsive, which, which yes. the final hunt definitely is. I, I yes. sped through it. So um, oh, what was the inspiration? How do you come up with such twisted uh, you know, ideas? It's, it's funny because most of my book ideas, I think almost all of them have come from like a true crime event where I can really pinpoint or some true event that I read about in the news that right. triggers an idea and you think, you know, oh, what if that happened to me? Like, how would I feel? Or what if that happened? But this book, I really can't pinpoint any sort of event yeah. or anything that, um, that sparked it. I feel like I just... Um, initially came up with that first scene. I could just see Cameron in the hunting cabin, um, her, you know, her late husband's hunting cabin where she's there and the snow's coming down outside mm -hmm. and she's 
looking over their honeymoon photos and then discovering that this man that she'd been married to for nearly a decade was not at all the man that she thought he was. And I think mm, that just, right. the thought of that just kind of creeped me out. And, right. um, and then the rest of the story kind of came after that. But just that yeah. idea, I think of like, how well do you really know someone? Like how, you know, what if you were married to someone or super close to someone and you learned that they had these deep, dark secrets that you just knew nothing about. Yeah. And (laughs) I think that would, right. I can't imagine much worse than uh, maybe if your child was a serial killer, it would be worse, but um, yeah. Yeah. If your husband like that you'd had, you know, a life with, oh yeah, no, no, no. That is, it's a great premise. It's super creepy. And um, it, I mean, no motivation better than that one, right? So yes. one of the things that's also really cool about Cameron is she's a pilot. Yes. Um, yes. And um, she ends up going to Alaska. You know, that's where the hunting cabin is. And she, you know, she flies herself there, which I think is super mm-hmm. cool. And you have yeah. another book that's called The Pilot, right? Or um, The Pilot's Daughter. The Pilot's yes. Daughter. Okay. Cause, yes. And actually, uh-huh. you are a pilot's daughter, right? Yes. So, yes. Um, t- you know, do you fly as well? Is this in your yes. blood? Uh, Well, this question that kind of makes me laugh, I think it would make my dad laugh too, because I've had um, two lessons growing up. And I think the only reason why he gave me the second one was just to kind of make sure that his kid was really this bad of a pilot. And I was, they were both, they were both horrendous. It was like, I don't know why he gave me that. I think we were both terrified when he gave me both lessons, but I think he just needed to make sure. And then it was like, yep. Okay. Definitely not for you, but he is a great resource to me writing. Yeah. And I do really enjoy that um, that aspect and getting to make my characters pilots. And I think yes. for me, maybe it's my way of sort of getting to, you know, um, envision myself as a pilot without like endangering myself and anyone else. <laughs> and on everybody board. else, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I feel that way about medicine. I, I like to pretend yeah. I'm a doctor, but only uh, yeah. only in a book. So yeah, it's kind uh, of can... the best of both worlds. Yes. yes. And Which your is, a, is is your dad a physician? Yes, he, right. He, so you have that kind of yeah. connection. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. exactly it. Is it's really fun, and it's um, you know, and it does feel vicarious. And I I think it's real. Yes. Like a woman pilot. I know there's obviously tons of women pilots, but it's always really I, to me those kind of added details make Cameron more badass than she. You know what I mean? Yes. It's a like an yeah. extra layer of her because also we don't really think yes. of dentists as being pilots generally it's right. not a lot of, it's yeah. not like that's her job right yes yes um, and I think it helps her when she has to transition into this sort of you know um vigilante world and go up to Alaska and find out you know what was going on with her husband it does work in her favor for that being able to have a little more skills than right yes yeah. Because she, I mean, she has to fly herself there and then there's, she has to fly mm-hmm. up there too. There's some stuff that happens where she's without ruining anything. She has to, yeah. um, she has to pilot a plane up there too. Um, yes. Okay. So um, the book mm-hmm. is set, she lives, they lived in the Pacific Northwest, which is also where you live, mm-hmm. um, yes. but it takes us, the book takes us to sort of the far, far reaches of Alaska. Yes. Um, and I know you did research for this book because I saw yeah. some of those pictures. So tell us about yes. that. Yeah, that was really fun. I feel like Alaska for me has just always been really fascinating. It just seems so vast and beautiful and almost a little foreign, like to the rest of the lower 48. Just, um, you know, it's just got so many, so many things in wildlife that just seem, I don't know, so much bigger 
and <laughs> scarier and stuff that we have right. done here and also really beautiful. So I was excited to be able to, you know, do some research and have that be for my book, but I also just really enjoyed it too. I know. So I had sort of, um, I knew some people I was trying to figure out when I was writing this book, like, where is she going to go up in yeah. Alaska? would be really remote and um, isolated and just really unique. And I, I knew some people that um, they'd lived in Toke, which is a town yeah, about yeah. like 1300 people. And it's on the Alaska highway, sort of between Anchorage and Fairbanks. It's pretty much one of the only kind of main stops, but yeah. it's, it's still small. And um, it's just a really unique place. It's um, set with the Alaska range behind it. Um, and um, they've just got a little town center. They've got the Alaska state troopers um, there. And, wow. and I just, and it just kind of fascinated me, just the uniqueness of it, the remoteness. It just felt like that would be a perfect place for a thriller. And also, yeah, I just felt like if someone was trying to get away from something that, that town just seems like it would be the perfect right. kind of a dark setting. Right. So, I started kind of, you know, looking at maps and making calls up there to organizations. And then I think the farther I got into writing the book, I was like, I have to go up here. I have to, it's just so different from where I live. I was like, I need to walk around the town and stuff. So my husband and I flew into Anchorage and drove, it was almost six hours. And I was shocked at just, I guess this is just my naive, like just shocked at right. Yeah, like it was it was really cool to drive it because I think it's one thing to look on like Google Maps, but to actually go and drive and to see there was really hardly any civilization. Like once we got out of Wasilla for like five more hours, it's just wilderness, huge mountains and beautiful some glaciers and so it made me realize like how really remote this place was and how great of a setting I think that is. I mean, my husband and I when we were newly married drove we had poorly chosen vehicle a a honda accord without even a real it only had a donut spare we drove from the states to alaska oh Um, that's so cool i know it was fun it was and thankfully we did not but we saw cars with like four spare tires on there oh right yeah and we had like a donut but (laughs) nothing happened but but there were it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles where you know you just there's nothing and it was I think that's right. And I think what's interesting in Alaska too is it is a little bit like a, um, first of all, it's, there's way more men than women, right? And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a very hard place to live because it's in the winter, it's yes. just dark, right? Yes. I mean, they have what, like three or four or five hours of sunlight, yes. you know? Yeah. So, and, in the, and in reverse in the, in the summer, of course, it's, there's no darkness. So it's light. It's a, yes. it, it is a so different- So many extremes. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. exactly so I loved it I love the experience of it I think it is kind of one of those places that is there's really I'm sure parts of you know Russia are like that but there's not a lot of that that kind of thing anywhere else in in the United States anyway so that is fun that you got to go there yeah it was really cool really fun and just I feel like it was you know kind of getting to walk around in Cameron's shoes a little bit as best I could but yeah just talking to the state troopers they were really nice and I went to the local bar the diner the library you know just get a feel for all that stuff and I think that's so much more fun too than you know you can look at google maps or you know sometimes when we try to do research online I feel like it's just not quite the same as actually going and seeing for yourself what what life is like because it's almost a different culture too Right. No, I think it so is a different culture. And I yeah. think, you know, there's a bar scene in the book that felt very yes. authentic. And, and I, I think yes. the opportunity to speak to the law enforcement, not only does it give it authenticity, but I think it also, I mean, like you, 
my law enforcement in my books are good they're the good guys you know i try to uh -huh. write about so you want to yeah. give them the respect and the and yes it as realistically as possible and yes there's nothing that replaces really you know talking to them you know yes that's yeah and they were so nice and i was like really shocked at um i sat down and asked them some questions in their like state troopers office and they, yeah. the, the range that they serve is huge it's like 300 miles and they were telling me that um they have radios but a lot of times when they go on calls to like some village really rural that their radios don't work and i was wow. like oh that that sounds really dangerous and they said well yeah you know it can be and so they have a satellite phone i guess that they can text with but there's about a five minute delay so they're really on there and and they go on their own to these calls so that was really fascinating i think just such a different world that they yeah such a huge area right so, and I think like you said i mean that it like there's no backup. I mean, if you're right. if you're in an, an intense situation, it's just yes. you. Wow. Yeah. That, sounds, so that was really impressive. I think just yeah. to hear their what they do was pretty pretty incredible. Yeah, and I so bet they was, they must travel hundreds of miles a day in their in their. I think wow. so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I think they're so they're about six hours from Anchorage, and I think almost four hours from Fairbanks, which that's kind of their closest big city with you know yeah. all of that stuff. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was it was cool. It was interesting. Yes, very different than um, you know kind of what I'm used to. Right. Right. Well, what yeah. most of us are used to. Exactly. Yes. So yeah. Oh, that's cool. I'm glad. I mean, and plus the the opportunity. I mean. The opportunity to go to Alaska mm -hmm. is, was hopefully you didn't go in the dead of winter. Well, <laughs> we went in November, so it oh, was just before. Yeah. Yes, I think it was minus 11, maybe when I was in Toke. But what was weird is that there was no wind. So it didn't it didn't have a wind chill factor. And I don't yes. know if that's their normal weather, but in a way it wasn't that bad. Like when walking around after a half an hour, I would kind of realize, oh, I think my legs are numb. I need to go right. inside. But, but right. you weren't getting hit with a cold wind. It was kind of right. protected. I don't know. So um, well, but that it's, was not, it's not as damp. Like where you live, it's damp. Yes. And that always makes you feel colder. Yes. I think. So, so yeah, it was a different cold. So that was that was interesting. And my book takes place. It's kind of. I think it's January, February, if I'm remembering right. So it yeah. was kind of good that there was yeah. some snow, but I think we hit it before like really heavy winter was setting in because it was, you know, just a little snow on the ground. It was to them, it was probably, you know, just a nice, nice Balmy, mild right. fall. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine what it's like if that's November minus 11? Yeah. yeah. You know, that's yeah. probably, and I'm a Montanan and that sounds like too much. Oh, for me, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you also have um, a background as an, you know, in the neonatal intensive care unit. So that mm -hmm. brings, I mean, that must bring a whole another sort of richness to your books. Can you tell us, well, first of all, that's an incredible job and it can't have been very easy. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I did really love it. I felt really fortunate to be able to work in that area of nursing. It was definitely, yeah. definitely really um, cool and rewarding. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really great, yeah. And then in terms of sort of speaking to when there's like, you know, when you're killing someone, for instance, yes. <laughs> you know, um, you know, where to put the knife and what'll, I mean, th does that yeah. sort of medical background help? 
Yes, I think it does. And I think it, I feel like I still do a lot of research with the whole sort of forensic medicine part, you know, when you're writing about an autopsy scene or a medical examiner, or like you said, a murder scene, but I do feel like it helps, it helps my understanding maybe go a little bit quicker. Having that medical background is definitely a help. Um, And so I feel like most of my research for my books ends up being probably not medical related. Um, And with the final hunt, that was really fun. Like I, and I don't know about you, like I feel like it's so much more fun to talk to somebody who's an expert and what you need to know, you know, versus Googling things. And so I had a lot of fun. Um, I talked to like a wolf expert for a couple hours and like the state troopers in Alaska and my um, editor grew up in Wisconsin writing snowmobiles and ice fishing. And so I kind of used him as my consultant for some right, right. stuff, which was, so that was really fun. And I have a, um, there's a Seattle homicide detective who's helped me with all my books. And so that's kind of fun too, to check in with him and to see. That's um, amazing. Yeah. Having those resources is so, yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's really great. And he even reads my books. And so afterwards, sometimes he'll say, you know, they're a, that's a captain, not a detective or whatever. So I feel like each book I'm getting, Ah. which is great. I get a little bit, you know, a little bit better. So, right. Yeah. And this is your eighth book. So you're like, you know, you're not a, you're not a baby uh, newbie anymore. Um, But you're, you know, so tell us like, if, you know, I, I, I imagine my little thing keeps flying out. Um, Um, I feel like a fair number of our listeners are sort of interested in the process of, you know, getting published and going through that and how many, you know, what was your, how many books did you have to, you know, write before you got your first one published and yeah, tell us a little bit about your journey. I think, um, so my first book was definitely like the hardest to write, which maybe that's for all of us. It took yeah. the longest yeah. and then, um, and so I did a lot of learning about, you know, the craft of writing and creative writing during that process, sort of as I was writing that book, I went to a conference, um, got an editor. So that was great. I feel like I learned a ton writing that um, first book. And um, I was thinking though, you know, my, probably my advice is just to that. I think every book that you write, there's a learning process that goes on. So I think that, you know, if you're able to consistently keep writing and keep honing your craft through even listening to podcasts, other authors, you know, going to conferences, books, even I think reading in the genre that you're writing in, you know, not, yes, like not so that you can copy those, but I just think that there's almost like a subconscious learning process going on there of just knowing what the market is so that you can be unique, but still sort of fit in with that. And so I think just being consistent in the writing process that every book, I think, I hope like with, I hope with every book, I do something a little bit better than yeah, the book before. Yes. Like, cause I think that with every book, there's some sort of learning process that goes on there. And so it's just a long game. And so I think that just being consistent and, you know, not yeah. giving up and continuing to learn, I think that eventually then, you know, you're going to have success when you can do that. Yes. I think so. that is great advice and the learning from any source that's available and listening to, you know, other authors talk about their journeys and their process, but I do think there's something yes. not even just um, kind of what the market is doing when you're reading books, but I often find I'm reading a book and I'm like, oh, wow, look at how this author unveils this moment or leaves a yes. thing, or it's just like, I'm learning and I'm, you know, 15 bucks in and yeah. I still feel like I'm like, oh, wow, that is so smart. Yes, it's, it is. It's kind of like diving into that secret sauce and you're just learning of, you know, the different ways that you can, you know, that you can do things. And yeah, I think sometimes even that just clicks something in your mind for, oh, 
you know, I could do something like that in my book, right. you know, but only right. different, but yes. Yeah. And I know you're a big reader too. And I need to, yeah. I need to read more. I try to, I feel like sometimes it's hard balancing the writing and the reading, but I do yes. definitely feel like it helps. Like, I almost think that, you know, when you're, when you get in a groove of reading in the genre that you're writing in, I, right. I kind of think my writing days are a little smoother because it's, it's almost kind of in your, that language is in your yeah. head, you know, just that. Yeah. Piece. There's yeah. only one time of a book where I feel like I really struggle to read. And that's sort of the very, the first sort of like 50 to 75 pages. Cause I feel like oh. anything else. I, uh -huh. I need to sort of like live with my own story 24 seven. Yeah. After that, it, you know, then I can get back to reading it. And also, you know, yes. we talked about this a little before we started the interview. I mean, your kids are young and yes. my kids are out of the house and, and I uh -huh. did not read, you know, I mean, my first book came out when my daughter was eight months and now she's 22. Oh, okay. Yeah. I read a lot less when, you <laughs> yeah. know, I yes. was writing books when they were little. So you'll, yeah. you'll get there. You'll get okay. there. You've got some time, but you'll That's get there. Good. Absolutely. So, um, well, this is so exciting. So, okay. Tell us what are you working on next? Also, maybe give mm -hmm. us a little background. Are your books all standalones? Do you have a, do you so have a series? I have a mix. Yep. So okay. I wrote, um, I have an Emerald city thriller series. I, um, yep. That's yeah, right, and so course. they're all kind of set in Seattle. I have a few different detectives within the series, um, and I try to write each one so that they can be read as a standalone, even though Wonderful. they're a series. But so you could pick up book four and nothing would be spoiled. You know, each one is its own case that's solved by the end. Right. But I do have some carryover in the detective's personal sure. lives, like if you wanted to start at the beginning. Yes. And then my last two books have been standalone. So The Pilot's Daughter is a standalone and The Final Hunt is a standalone. So, and I'm hoping to do another Emerald City thriller next year I feel like I just still I don't know I get kind of attached to some of those of characters course. and stuff and so in yeah. my head I just still I have I'm like I at least have one more story there that I need to write for the Emerald City thrillers and then yes. I'm yeah, yeah, because I just, yeah, I don't know. You kind of get attached after five books and like hey, I think they need to come back. I can just I feel still, that. yes, they're still going on in my head. Right, so I'm right. I'm gonna work on that. And that's fun because I think it's it's almost like a writing break when you do that because you've already built this world and these characters. It's just it's easier to kind of pick up because you feel like this is like old friends, like we're just gonna yes. you know yes. continue this on. So a little less research, I feel like, for just setting the book up. Um, and then I'm currently writing a thriller in Seattle in 1942, which is a standalone. Oh, wow. wow, okay. And it's my first historical piece. So that part yeah. is a little bit different, but it still has the same feel of the rest of my books. Like it's, um, you know, I'm hoping it's still going to be a very fast paced right. thriller. Um, and so that's been, that's been really fun um, to do that. And I'm excited for that book coming out. And the research for that has been really interesting too, right. which is different than my other books. I'm hoping I'm at, I think I'm at about 50,000 words on that one. So getting close, you know, about mm -hmm. three quarters of the way of the draft and then we'll go through. But so that's, that's been fun. Like that's, that's been definitely like, it feels like a different world that I've immersed yeah. myself in, yeah into that and, and so that's cool. and do you think that book will be out this year or early next probably year, next year probably next year yeah 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 yes. I know it's, it's I feel like I'm it's, I'm a, it's taking me a little longer and maybe it's the pandemic that made everything a little but of course yeah. you had kids at home which would have made everything a whole different ball game so um yes. but yeah and I, I'm trying to I feel like I used to really rush to get the book out and now I right. almost try to work a little more ahead so that you can have more time to 
you know, plan everything out and your launch and get everything going the same. So I'm trying to kind of do, and I think that's more of like a traditional publishing model too, where you have time to get some reviews out and um, all of those things, audio and get all of that set up. So you're ready to roll. So I'm, I'm kind of trying to force myself not to rush the, (laughs) I mean, I think the the book benefits, right? I feel like a book benefits when when it's sort of and I think that's actually another piece of advice that I, you know, I would add for aspiring authors is I'm an impatient person. And so I was like, Me I too. want this book out. I want to be done yes. yeah. on to the next, but I think yeah. um, taking it a little slower actually really makes the story a, a better story. Cause you just yes. have time to really think through all of that, all, all the parts of it. And yes. so I think that's a super important thing. Now what the 1942 yes. book, does it have a title yet? Um, only one lie. Okay. Okay. I love yes. it. Okay. Yes. So we will look yeah. for only one lie to come out in yes. 2023. Yes. Um, and, and hopefully when- another Emerald City thriller as well, which will be the fairy killer. Oh, the fairy killer. So, so what's the mm-hmm. title of the first Emerald City killer? Um, the recipient. Okay. The recipient. Yes. So, so yes. many books. So now that we've like thrown out all these titles and it'll be yeah. possible <laughs> to remember them all, tell us where, you know, what's the best place to go to find out about all of your books? Where are you on social media, most active and all that kind of thing? Um, so I am, my website is audreyjcole.com and um, my handles are the same. So I'm on Instagram at Audrey J. Cole and then also Facebook at Audrey J. Cole. Okay. Wonderful. Well, um, this was such a fun read so fast. I mean, I almost feel like, um, it's summer read a winter read. It's, it's, it's one of those that you're just going to pick up and sort of fly through the pages. So thank you for sharing it with me. Yes. Thank um, you so much. Yeah. Thank you. It was really fun. It was so fun. So, oh, and this has been, um, the killer women podcast with our guest, Audrey J. Cole. I am your host, Danielle Gerard, and you can find me at daniellegerard.com or Instagram at Danielle Gerard Books and Facebook at Dan- author Danielle Gerard. For some reason, I always have to think about that a little harder than I should. <laughs> so again, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being here, Audrey. Uh, thank you so much. This was great. Until next time. Bye. Okay. Bye.